Aren't you thankful today that we serve a God that helps our faith get up? Amen? Serve a God that comforts us and gives us uh, what we need during them hard times of life, no matter what we're going through. I'm thankful we serve a God like that. Because sometimes not everything is up on the mountain. Amen? Everybody thinks Christian is always on the mountain. Sometimes we experience more of God in the valleys and in the hard times than we ever did on the mountains. Amen? And I got to see that firsthand this week of going from preaching revival to preaching a funeral all in the same day almost. So it was, uh, God was big, God was good, God showed up, and uh, uh, He's just a big God this morning. Let's all stand. I'm going to preach on a faith that gets up this morning. A story a lot of y'all have heard in Acts chapter 3 of Peter and John. This is one of my favorite New Testament stories is, is Peter and John was going to the church to go to a prayer service, and there was a lame man that's been laid by this gate for over 38 years. His Parents took him, friends took him, whoever he could get a ride to the gate. Called Beautiful and they laid him there every day and he begged as people came through. And don't you know this was a great, just a great miracle in this man's life to know that he didn't have to beg no more. That he didn't have to ask nobody for something no more. That God got him up, healed him, gave him his own faith and he could go into, the, into God's uh, throne room anytime he wanted for strength. It, it, to me, that would be great. One of the greatest miracles is when God pulls us up, amen, out of what we're in. I know we see a lot of miracles on TV and a lot of things here and, and people get healed of cancer and God's still, God's still in the business of doing that, amen? amen? He still heals today, but a lot of times we overlook in the healing process that God does us every day and every week. Whether what we're going through, whether we're depressed, but we're going through that God touches us right in that moment of our weakness. And He says, listen, my grace is strong and He lifts us up and strengthens us. And, and that, to me, that's being healed and touched by God during that time. Look what happened here at this man. Because a lot of us are like this man here. Sometimes we got to let God and the Holy Spirit get us up and lift our faith up. <laughs> How many of you ever need your faith lifted up? Amen. Sometimes we all go through trials and just life, and we need, our, we need to be lifted up. And God, listen, God don't want nobody in here this morning going out of here, good, doom. I thought you you know, goon. <laughs> doom and gloomy, how's that? He doesn't want you to walk out of here. He wants you to walk out of here this morning with your face lifted up this morning. Look what it says in Acts chapter 3. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple of the to the temple at the hour of prayer at the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful, to ask for, ask for alms of those who entered the temple, who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple ask for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and I love this, praising God. And all the people saw him walking. Not only did he praise God, but the people standing around wouldn't like to see the look on their faces. 
Here, here's this man, all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that he was who that was set at begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you would just fill us today. Lord, that you'd fill us with the wonder and amazement of your grace and your love, Lord. That if there's anyone here this morning, their heart is down and, it, and maybe low, maybe depressed. Lord, I pray that you'll come by and that we'll focus on you, that we'll focus on nothing else in here today. Not on people, not on things, Lord, but when we focus on you, your word promises silver and gold won't do it. But Lord, you can heal us, you can touch us in the name of your son, Jesus. And Lord, so many times we need to be healed emotionally. Healed spiritually. It's not always physical, Lord. You're capable of healing physically. But Lord, you want to heal us spiritually and get us right in our walk with you. So we can experience your grace and your love and who you really are. But Lord, help us line our hearts up with you this morning. Lord, we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. I was reading a story this week about a little boy that was always visiting his grandma, and she had a big Bible. She had one. Of, you remember your grandma having them big old thick Bibles at her house? I remember my grandma had a big white one. Man, that thing was about that thick and about that big. And, and eight, nine year old, I'd carry it, put two hands under it. I mean, it was a big one. It had it had the full blown pictures in it and everything. It was a nice big old Bible, and it was handed down to her. Uh, from someone many, many years before that. So this was, it was a very old Bible. and So the same was in this story, but this little boy carried his grandma's Bible in there. And he was carrying it. He, opened, he was trying to grab it and open the Bible up as he was walking, and a leaf fell out on the ground. And the grandma was sitting at the table way back there said, Johnny, something fell out of my Bible. And he stopped and looked, and it was a big old oak leaf that had been pressed in between them pages of that Bible for years and years and years. And Grandma stood up, started walking that way into the hallway, and she said, Johnny, what fell out of that Bible? She said, Oh, Granny, it looks like part of Adam and Eve's clothes fell out. <laughs> it wasn't that old, amen. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, sometimes we need our faith to be lifted up. I mean, we go out there and we fight the devil every day and every day of the week and we try to stand up for Jesus Christ and sometimes you just need to be lifted up. Sometimes preacher, there's times that God has to lift me up and, and it's amazing how God comes through certain times and lifts me up. Even when I'm maybe low on faith or down or getting discouraged, God will turn right around and just lift me up. So a lot of times I feel like that lame man laying by the gate for 38 years. Amen? And, and, and everyone in here at one point in time in your spiritual walk, you feel like the lame man. You feel like, hey, nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Everybody's walking by with great marriages and doing this. And, and I wish I had faith like them. I wish I had the joy they had. I wish my spiritual life was like theirs. And we lay at the gate and say, woe me. And this is exactly what had happened here in, in these verses. Peter and John, they were together everywhere. They fished together. They preached together. They ministered with Jesus everywhere they went. And now, now Jesus done died on the cross. And this lame man is a picture of our lives a lot of times. All of us were lame without Jesus Christ at one time in our life. 
We may have thought that we could handle this and do this, but Jesus crossed through the redemptive work on the cross. We were lame, but He made us to walk one day spiritually. Amen? If we would accept Him by faith. And so Peter and John, listen, Peter and John knew what it meant. They felt sorry for the lame man because they had been there. Peter had been there. Peter was always the man that always liked to stand up first. He would always stand up and blurt out faith, but he also put his foot there a lot. Amen? I mean, if you just think back, even the time Jesus was in the boat, and Melvin, me and Melvin was talking about this other night, she said, I wonder what them disciples thought that were all in the boat that night of the storm, and, and Jesus appeared to them in the middle of the storm and said, Peter, come to me. Me and Melvin was talking, and she said, I wonder what they felt like. I said, well, I think they, none of them wanted to get up and have faith and get up, so I think they was all sitting there scared. I think, I think Thomas was going, oh, Peter, because Peter, Thomas was the smart one. Okay, Thomas was a smart one. Ah, Peter, I wouldn't get out of this boat. It's 22.2 feet to Jesus at 45.5 deep. It'll take you 2.3 seconds to sink when you get out of this boat. I mean, he was just always see, always figuring. And so many times, if we're going to have true faith in Jesus Christ, we cannot figure the distance and the length. We have to walk by faith and not sight to see Jesus Christ work in our lives and I think so many times our faith has to get out there a long ways before our works does before we ever see Jesus show up there's something special about a Christian and a church and a believer and a preacher and a child of God that their faith will get out there and walk long before their body will that will put faith in Jesus Christ and see Him working and believe that He's working long before it ever happens that's what faith is Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So our faith is in Jesus Christ this morning. Amen? I love that song. Our faith is built on nothing less. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And this man's laying by the gate and all he's had is a bunch of religious people try to help him for many, many years. He had priests. He had all other people. He had a bunch of Christians going to church, but nobody truly was giving this. Oh, they were giving him a... A little dime. They were giving him a dollar. Some of them might even give him twenty dollars. Said, "Here, go to Outback tonight. Here's forty. <laughs> you know, and it was great. People were giving him, but he wanted for once in his life to be able to get up and walk by his own faith. It's the most miserable thing spiritually as as you as a child of God this morning is to constantly, constantly live off of somebody else and their faith." There's nothing no more depressing and degrading to the cross of Jesus Christ if I have to live off your faith. When you're happy, I'm happy. If your faith is up, I'm up. But for once, Jesus said, I died on the cross. Get up and walk on your own two feet and your faith. It'll be the most exhilarating time in your life is when you get up and allow Jesus Christ to lift you up and you walk by faith. You're being carried by Jesus, not by the church, not by the preacher, not nobody else, not anybody else's words or what they think. You're being carried by Jesus Christ and you're walking arm in arm with Him. It's the most exhilarating thing in, the life, in your life that you'll ever experience in your spiritual walk is to have faith in Jesus Christ yourself. You're not depending on... So, well, I hope Brother George preaches a good sermon today because I'm really down. Well, get faith and get up before you get there. Amen, brother? If you're waiting on me, and I'm here every day to preach a word of encouragement. Amen? I'm preaching a word of encouragement 
every Sunday I get up here, but we still have to receive it ourselves. Because Tuesday's going to roll around and Brother George isn't going to be there. And Thursday's going to roll around and Brother George might be fishing. Amen? You've got to get your own faith. But that's what the comforter is there for us today. Guys, listen, the Holy Spirit's inside of you. He's motivating, encouraging. When you're down, listen, David went to, to the temple in the Old Testament. He grabbed all the priests and all the, all the priests' garment, went to the Holy of Holies, went to the temple, and he knelt down in the temple and says that he, got, he encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes that's all you can do is encourage yourself in the Lord. You're going to have people hugging you. You're going to have people patting you on the back. They're going to encourage you. Go on. Let's go. Get up. Let's go. But there's nothing greater to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit Himself to lift you up. And so, Peter, let's go to that one, Michelle, in, in Acts chapter 3. I want to go through these because I love... I was tired this morning. I told somebody I wouldn't preach for about 10 minutes this morning. But I'm getting my energy back. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lay, at his, from, lay lame from his mother's womb. He was born like that, was carried and was laid at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of those who enter the temple. So he's laying there. And, and he really, and as Peter and John came to the prayer service, as they were coming together and they had their Bibles, they were really looking for a, a really great service. And they looked down and, and Peter says, you know, there's that same man. He, he, he's been there, but for some reason today, God impressed it on these two disciples' heart to have compassion. God, I believe God spoke to them and said, help him get up. Help him get up on his own two feet and live and walk for me. He's begging off of everybody. He's asking crumbs here and crumbs there. And you know, so many times that's what we do spiritually. We beg for crumbs. And God wants to give us more than crumbs this morning. He has a table prepared in the midst of our enemies. He has a full table filled up that He wants us to eat spiritually. And all we do is lay around and beg for alms, beg for crumbs. Just imagine how much your spirit gets excited off of a little word that you get. Imagine if you got the whole table. Amen? That'd be like me going down and asking for a Big Mac and take one bite. Mm, mm, mm. And put the rest and drive to the next wind and give it back to them and say, that's all I want. I just want a bite. <laughs> Don't you want the whole Big Mac? No, a bite will do me for now. Man, if you don't know it, if you'll order that thing in a meal deal, you'll get a burger, a fries, a Coke, and you even get a pie with it. Amen? You get a whole meal. Most of us are like going through McDonald's. We take one little bite of the Big Mac and put it down and says, I'm good. And then about Wednesday, the devil comes like a roaring lion, and, and we look like that same lame person laying at the gate, just begging for crumbs. Jesus said, I died on the cross. Greater is he that is in you than he that in the world. Get up and quit begging when the devil comes a-crawling. When he comes a-prowling, you are more than victors. I've given you faith to get up. And Peter and John seen this guy laying there, and, and I'm sure he thought that he was going to get the same old 50 cents. Same old quarter. And I love what Peter said. Go to the next one, uh, Michelle. Who seeing Peter and John about going to the temple asked for alms. 
And fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter said, look at us. Get your eyes off all these people going by. Get your eyes off of how big that guy is and what he has. And quit looking at that nice vehicle he's driving. Quit looking at that house he's got. And quit wishing this. Fix your eyes. Get your eyes on Jesus. Boy, we live in a world today, guys, that wants us to always look for the better, the more, the more, the more. If Rodney's got a better truck, I can't let him outdo me. I gotta go buy one. I found out real quick, God showed me real quick, I can go buy one, but I might have a bigger payment than Rodney, and I hadn't outdone him then at all. Amen. He's still one up on me. Seemed like we want bigger and we want better. He said, focus on us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. I bet that guy thought, man, great. No silver, no gold, what's he going to give me then? I'm going to lay here and beg just for, for another year. I love this next verse that he said, in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, look at me, silver and gold I do not have. But in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And Peter didn't just preach to him and walk off and say, we'll see you in there, come on in. He didn't just leave him there. He grabbed him, he says, he grabbed him I believe he grabbed him by the hand, helped him up, and this guy, if you could have seen this guy's eyes. We take for granted, we walk. None of us think about walking. This guy had to lay ever... Man, I was sick here last year and had to lay in bed for three days. That was that's terrible. Man, you get sore, you turn over, you can only watch so many TV shows. And I laid on this side and got up, and I walked, but I had I was constantly just laying around in the bed. Can you imagine doing that for thirty eight years? Everywhere you're at, laying. And finally, he rises up and the Bible says his ankles got strong, his, his knee bones, and the knee bones went to the thigh bones and the thigh bones, I mean all the way up. That's where they got that song. And he was strengthened from all the way up. And it says that he leaped and run. And I know this because he wasn't Baptist. <laughs> he praised God. He actually shouted because God touched him for once. Most of us in the church today, if someone gets saved, someone gets touched, very, oh, bless your heart. Bless you. But then, the Razorbacks are on. Ooh, Go crazy. It's all where our eyes are fixed at is how excited for Jesus you'll be. It depends on where your eyes are fixed. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom and His righteousness. And man, he'll ask, he said, Brother George, I want my faith to get bigger. I want to be more excited. I want to be more intimate in my walk. Where are you looking? Where are you looking? If it's ever anywhere but the cross, you're not going to get excited spiritually because there's nothing in this world that will get you excited about Jesus this world has to offer. If we're looking on our jobs, if we're looking in our families even, relationships, it won't make you happy. They said, look at us. Silver and gold, I have none, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Since he jumped up and praised God, and he was gone. He's gone. He was out of there. Running through the whole town. It'd be like running down 70 West. Woo! Thank you, Jesus! 
Everybody says, wasn't that guy in the wheelchair last week? I seen him in Kroger's in the wheelchair. Look at him. There he goes. He was touched by God. Listen, God, God can still touch anything physically and heal it today that he wants. We have, listen, we have quit preaching that and teaching that, that there's no power in the Bible, in God's word, in, in God's name. Now, there's things on TV and there's preachers that, that, that aren't called to God that run it because you can't throw the bathwater out with the baby. Amen? He's still a powerful God. He can still touch, heal, move, do anything He wants to do. He's God. Who is I? Who am I to say, God, that quit and it ceased in the Bible? That's not my job. That's God's. I'm just laying it out there real for you because we try to water down God and put Him in a box and carry Him to our job, carry Him to our work, carry Him to Kroger's, carry Him to Walmart, keep Him in the box at home, and we never, never experience a real God. Because we box Him in as what somebody always told us He should be instead of experiencing Him ourselves. Amen? I mean, if somebody told me God didn't heal no more... I'd tell them, you ain't experienced it yet, so you don't know. God don't, well, God don't do this no more, brother. He don't do, how do you know? Just because it ain't happened to you, maybe your faith, you're still laying at the gate. That's why God's not moving. You're laying at the gate every day, begging for alms, begging for something spiritually. Listen, I've seen God work, and, and I'm telling you, I preached about the revival, and I don't care. This is what called me to preach and got me so on fire for Jesus to see who he really was. Is when Hunter was born and what he went through, I seen a healing God. I seen a God that provides. I seen a Jehovah Jireh. I seen it all. There wasn't no dried up Baptist preacher going to tell me God don't do nothing no more. I seen him do a miracle. I seen him work. Hey, every time someone gets saved, it's a miracle. <laughs> Every time old things are passed away and all things become new, it's a miracle. Amen. When I backslide and get where I shouldn't be and God brings me back and restores me, that's a miracle. Amen. So it's not always about getting up and walking somewhere. A lot of our miracles need to happen spiritually and emotionally. Hey, when you're depressed, how many of us ever experienced depression? When God brings you out of that, and, and He touches you and you... Hey, that's a miracle. Amen. And replaces that with some joy and gives you a direction in your life where you're not always just locking yourself in a room seven days a week. And you're actually here today in church. That's a miracle. So let's not just put a miracle all on one thing. God is still in the healing business. Amen. And He wants to touch you and heal you. He's healed divorces, healed families. He's healed people that's been on drugs and alcohol and, and I'm naming the worst, but a lot of times, let's take it on down to everyday life to me and you. How about the temptations that haunt us? He touches us and heals us from that stuff. And I'm thankful, it says Peter, John seen that people carried this man every day. I, I give, I like, the Bible doesn't say, I wish they had to give his name. I like to know who the people were that carried him every day and set him at the gate. They put him in position to receive something. 
He wouldn't have received nothing if them folks hadn't have carried him and put him there. You ever thought of that? And that's really where we're at spiritually. You wouldn't be where you're at if somebody didn't carry you there. How many, how many carried y'all right up to things spiritually in your life? Who carried you there? It might have been a grandpa. It might have been a mom and dad. It might have been this. Carried you there so you could see the Word of God and see it become real. I'm thankful for the people. I'm thankful for my mom and dad that carried me every week to church. Amen? And you parents out there that says, my kid's just getting aggravated because I'm carrying to church. I've been there with him. I was aggravated too. Amen? You act like I've never been aggravated before. I was carried every day, every Sunday. I get aggravated. But I'm thankful today that they carried me right up and put me right there at the gate, beautiful, so I could accept or reject Jesus myself. See, can't nobody save you for you. All they can do is bring you up to the gate, beautiful, and lay you there. You have to accept or reject Jesus Christ. Can't nobody make you be saved. Can't nothing. You don't inherit it. Just because you're a Baptist, Pentecostal, assembly, that don't make you eternally going to heaven. It's about, well, I wish we could get that. I preached that, I preached at that funeral the other day, Tim. I want to let all, it was a house full, and I wanted to, when I had the opportunity, Levi, I want to preach it. There was five, six hundred, there were five hundred people at that funeral. And I let them know real quick that, listen, Daryl's in heaven today not because he was Baptist. Not because he sacrificed. Not because he had a ritual. Not because he was a certain denomination. Not because he had a name on a church row. He's in heaven today because he's been blood washed and bought by the blood of Jesus Christ that he accepted one day. That's what gets you into heaven. Amen. Somebody says, you're not preaching like a Baptist today. No, I'm preaching like a Christian today. Amen. That's good. That's a good one, wasn't it, Luke? I'm not preaching like Baptist. I'm preaching like a man of God. Because sometimes we've got to strip all that junk away to get down to the real Jesus. To really experience a touch from Jesus, all the Baptist people just went on the floor. Sometimes you've got to strip all that away to experience the real thing. Because that stuff, all that other junk sometimes, things in life, the devil's very good about blinding us. And not causing us to see where the true blessings are. I'm thankful when I was down. People come by to him and carried me. You say, you're the preacher. You Hey, there's times in my life, guys... When things go wrong, I don't show it publicly to you, but there's times, Levi, I'm at home and I want to lay at the gate and beg for alms. And somebody will come by Rodney and pick me up and say, let's focus. God's still blessing. God's doing this. Let's, it may be a phone call. It may be from a preacher friend. It may be from one of you. Just something that you said that you didn't know that you said and it picked me up and carried me and gave me my healing. It gave me my healing I needed to get up from the gate. So everybody in here has been down at some point in your life. Somebody carried you there. But then you was down, whether you was depressed, went through a divorce, there was a dark time in your life. Whatever it is, and someone come up and touched you, said something to you, and that one word brought healing. And you got up and was actually able to get up and walk on your own two feet. 
in faith. You couldn't do it before. But see, guys, that's why we need to encourage each other. There's sometimes we get down in here. Amen? But see, we got to have eyes to look for it. We can't just come to church and sing songs and Brother Joe's over here, he's just oppressed and down and out. Some of us don't see it. Some of us do see it and feel it, but then we don't react to the convictions the Holy Spirit draws us. Go pray for him. Give him an encouraging word. Give him a hug. Call them. But some of us, you really say, how do you know? Because I've done it. Because you know what my excuse is? I don't have time. I'll get, I'll get in touch with them later. i got to go. i got a ball game. got this. The devil, the devil will get us busy. He'll get us burdened. And we'll miss that healing. Even a part of another healing of someone else. That's a, that's a great thing to be a part of when someone else gets healed. But listen, when they laid him there, and this is frustrating ministry, and I tell people in ministry, it's frustrating as a pastor to preach and preach and preach, and people don't see it. Some people say, I don't know how you do it every Sunday. Hey, you got to overlook that and keep. God didn't call me just for, He called me to preach the word. To be in season, to be out of season. When people love you, keep preaching. When people talk about you, Rick, keep preaching. Because if you're going to preach the truth of the gospel, I'm going to let someone in on a little bitty birdie going to fly by and give you a blessing. If you're going to be true and preach the gospel day in and day out, I got news for you. It's going to happen to some of y'all this year. You're going to get upset at me. I'm going to hurt your feelings. Wah, thank you. He's already crying. Not that I did it on purpose. It's just that when God focused me in and I preached the truth and the gospel, I preached the preach and go. But see, if we got the right heart in this church, and that's what the Holy Spirit's forming, I ain't got to worry about that. I quit worrying about it a long time ago when I got to preach. Well, he's making me mad right now. I tell you what, I wish you'd heard him quit. I'm ready to leave here. I can't stand this. I just say, Holy Spirit, beef it up a little hotter. Amen. You say, well, that's cruel, Brother George. No, every, you can boil the church down to everything else, and it all boils down, strips it down, take everything away. It's about the heart. And that's the one thing God is looking for you today. Where, whatever gate you're laying by, He's going for your heart. That's what He wants is your heart. You say, Brother George, will this house be full if, you know, if we preach truth? You bet it'll be full. It'll be what God wants here. But I'd rather have a house, Tim, of some true worshipers than a house of pretenders. Amen? I didn't get too many amens. That's all right. Something that's real so we can see real healings. You say, well, why you preach like that? Hey, I'm lovable. That's Mevlin. I love on her all the time. Don't y'all see that new outfit I bought her? Oh! There's a time to preach and be bold, and there's a time to preach and be loved. And be lovable. And show grace. But if your heart's not ready to accept grace, and it's going to rebel and bail and run... My preaching is not going to help you. 
It's not going to help you today. This man here was tired of being lame. He was, and see, until you get tired of living in what you're living in, can't nobody help you. Can't nobody help you. Nobody. And it may be good stuff. But good stuff will mess you up. But I love that. I love that part. Where was that? I wrote that down. Oh, the gate. That's what I was wanting to say. The gate. I don't forget too many times. The gate. Now, that'd been different if they laid this man, they carried him up every day and laid him at the gate. It'd be different if they laid him at the door. Most of y'all's doors at home, if I, if I laid you down in front of your door and shut the door, would you be able to see what I'm doing in that other room? Why? Well, you big... It's a door. It's solid. But see, this has is, this is made it even worse. This man here was laid down in front of a gate. Have you ever drove into these big subdivisions? And I think, uh, Darren, you had one at your place over because he gave me the number. I mean, these big gates went... Opened up and drive in. They were gates. They had little bars down through them. And I could see on the other side. And I was thinking, oh Lord, please let me this be the right number. Because if it wasn't, I could see what's on the other side. There wasn't no car there. I could just run over it. Not really. It was made of iron. And so I remember the number. But I just thought about that when I was, when I was preparing to preach on this. Laying in front of an iron gate, they laid him there. And that's as far as he could go with God was there. And it had to be excruciating and depressing to watch all these Christians going to church every day with their Bible in their hand, arms around their wife, hugging their kids, and hopefully coming out of the church house with a smile on their face and praising God and walk right back by Him every day. If it was a door, He couldn't see it, but it was a gate. So He watched all the... There goes a good marriage. That's all. They love each other. I'll tell you what, they're here every Sunday. And He knew who was in church and wasn't in church. When you lay there for 38 years, you get details on people. And he started noticing everything about everybody's lives. He knew who was happy, who was joyous. And you know that had to just condemn him. Because the devil is very good about condemning. Romans 8.1 says, There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So quit letting the devil... See, the devil wants you to lay around and feel lame all your life. He wants you to look at your neighbor and your partner, your people in church and this person and that person. I wish, I wish, I wish. And the whole time he's saying, silver and gold, I have none. Get up and go. Go after it. Quit wishing for it. Spiritually. Listen, listen, you don't have to stop wishing. Go out and do it. If God's got a purpose and a plan and a calling, go. Quit laying around waiting on people to give you some alms. Say, I don't need your money no more. I, I've been, I, I don't need nobody's money. I'm rich in Jesus Christ. Amen. I got to go out and search him unsearchable riches that Paul talked about. I'm rich in Jesus Christ. But you got to stay focused on what you're looking at. See, if he had looked off over here and everything, he, Peter said, Look at us. Look at us. And sometimes I think Jesus. You know, we get all excited and God starts blessing and man, we just all excited while somebody start looking off and Jesus says, You ever did that with your kids? I do it with Hunter all the time. 
Because usually he's ready to go somewhere hunting or fishing. We just did it yesterday. He come in the house. Two things he had to do. Take the trash. Clean your room. Take this with you and put it at a certain place in your room. Okay, I got it. Okay, okay, I got, I got, I got, I got it. He comes back out and only one out of three is done. Hunter, did you not do all three? I just told you what to do. I forgot. Is it a teenager? It's a, he got ADD from his daddy, y'all. I'm telling you. Because Melvin tells me the same thing and I just pass it on down. But I told him, I said, Hunter, as soon as we start telling him now, he'll start, now Hunter, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this and this and he'll, he'll focus on that first thing. And start. I said, right here, listen. Right here. No fish, no deer, no water, no rods. Right here. Amen. You've done that to your kids. You know you have. Right here. Listen to what I'm saying at this. Right here. Yeah, look at me. But you know what? I think Jesus does His children the same way. He convicts. He moves. And sometimes He has to get you going in this direction. Look at me. I told you to go do this. I convicted you here and you're still going. Look at me. That's how the Holy Spirit works in your lives to convict. Look at me. All of us has got some spiritual ADD if you didn't know that. All of us has got it. And fixing his eyes on him, he rose up and walked. The devil wants you to focus today on everything else but what God has for your life. Not for Tim's life, not for my life, not for your wife's life. Not Listen, God's got something he wants you to do and he wants to heal you so you can get up and walk by your own faith and go to it. Because let me tell you, I'm going to close with this because this is the most frustrating thing in ministry is to preach and preach and lead people up to water. <laughs> you cannot make them drink. That used to kill me as a pastor. I thought every time I preached, man, multitudes were going to roll out into the aisles and be saved and rededicate and forget all the old stuff. And now, uh, Some people are not going to get it. But you know what God showed me a long time ago? He said, George, quit focusing on the one that won't drink. You got 80 that want to drink. Get up and walk. And praise God. Where are you at today? Does your faith need to be lifted up? Are you depressed? Are you down? Are you away from God? Are you, is the devil just really wanting you just to lay there and be lame the rest of your life? Are you tired of watching other people faith grow and do this and go here and see God heal them and work in their life? Because you know what? It's a blessing because when this man got up, it says he run through the whole town. He didn't just go to church. The whole town people said, can you imagine these old guys are going to the church area, you know, been going for 40 years and they got their cane and they're going to church and all they see is a robe flapping and they go, that looks like the guy at the gate, beautiful. No, that couldn't have been. Boom! Right back again. And he stops right in front. He said, I, I think it was him, but I'm not. About the third time he comes by, he stops and says, Praise Jesus, I've been healed. 
And it says they were filled with wonder and amazement. I can't believe what happened to this guy. He got touched by Jesus. Jesus said it's time for you to get up and get your own faith. Is that what God's calling you this morning? Get up and get your own See, if this church is going to go any deeper with Christ, people in it is going to start getting their own faith. And I can see it already. I see people growing leaps and bounds in this church. People are hungry for the Word of God. I can tell it through the Connect class. Just people that are coming. People are excited. People are... Jamie, this, Jamie you know, this, to me this is great. Jamie told me the other day, I was up here in between funerals and revivals this week in for a little while. She came over and said, Brother George, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, you know how Jamie is. <laughs> and she was talking back and forth. She's, she is a, listen, this girl has anointed her with joy. Amen. I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit has anointed and given this woman a gift. If you're around her very long, you're going to want to have faith like she has. Not her faith, faith in Jesus. I'm telling you. I mean, she's in there. She had stuff sprawled out in the floor in that room in there. And she was laid out and had a foot here and a foot there and was drawing here. And I thought, what's that game you play where you go from dot? I thought she was playing Twister and it was camp restoration everywhere. And I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to put all these kids and people. I said, really? How many? You know, I was like in 30, 40 people. I didn't know. Well, how many we got going? She said, counting teens and the kids, we have 115 just kids. And I said, Lee, all of a sudden, Fred Sanford, it's a big one. <laughs> Amen. I said, 115. She said, yes. That's right. Where are you going to put them? I got to go preach. See you. But she said, we got 40-something adult volunteers going. Amen. Man, y'all need to give yourself a hand for that. For everybody that's a part of that. See, it takes everybody to be a part of that to see God give the healing. You're part of that healing. You say, Brother George, I didn't go one night to that camp. But you give to it. You helped a kid go. You were part of that kid's salvation. Amen. We need to forget. It's not all about the preacher and the people that's leading. But we all have a hand in this salvation thing. We all have a hand in this healing. In people's hearts. And I can see a big shift in this church. People are hungry for God. They're wanting to go after God. They're going to Sunday school class. They're going here. They want to start this. They want to start that. When Jesus Disguised ministry got started, and this ministry, that lets me know that people are growing when God is creating ministry. And people are hungry. I can already see the big change in this church. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. People don't care to hear about your negativity no more. We come to worship. I can see the growth in that. I can see the growth in that. That Not that people are shunning you. We just want to go with Jesus. Amen? Amen. So where are you at this morning? Are you laying there at the gate? What, how many excuses have you given Jesus? There's nothing holding you back between the cross and you. There's nothing holding you back 
but you. See, God gives us a choice. He allows, He gives us a choice to be saved. He gives us every day. Every day we wake up, it's choice. What choice are you going to make this morning? Amen. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, I love you this morning. Lord, there may be someone here this morning that is laying by that gate. Lord, maybe they're, maybe they're praying in their heart right now saying, Lord, you've done spoke. I want you to give me my own faith. I've got to get up and get going after you. I don't want to live on this church's faith no more. I don't want to live on Brother George's faith, my Sunday school teacher, my women's leader, the youth pastor. I, I want my own faith. I want to keep, Lord, help me be focused on the cross. Lord, so you can raise me up and I can walk in my faith in you. You see, I'm not talking about just any faith, guys. I'm talking about faith in Jesus. And it amazes me sometimes how my faith is so little. I get in my car every day, crank it up to drive to this church and get in rush hour traffic on 70 and never think one time my brakes will go out. Never think one time something will happen. I just get in and crank it and drive. But when it comes to our faith in Jesus... We think about it, we look, we try to evaluate, and the devil condemns us and pushes us right away from our faith. But we'll get our own vehicles every day and crank the car up and just go. Listen, Jesus cares about you this morning more than your car. He knows every hair on your head. He knows exactly what you need and where you need to be. But you're going to have to respond to His Spirit this morning. Whatever God's calling you to do this morning, whether it's salvation, rededication, joining this church, baptism. Maybe you just want to come pray. We got many, hey, how about going and grabbing someone this morning and encourage them? Has God showed you something already in this service this morning about going to somebody and encourage them? Go encourage them this morning. Bring them to the altar. Pray with them. Encourage them in the Lord. Help them. Lord, we'll give you all the praise and all God's people said. Amen. Come this morning right where you're at. Right where you're standing. Step out right where you're at.